Hello and welcome to the Split Real Podcast. My name is Steve Packnick and joining me as always, Dr. Gabe Acevedo. What's going yeah, on, man? Hey, doctor. No, no, doctor. I'm all good. I'm good, good. And we're back. Third episode. Super happy to keep talking about stuff that we like. Yeah. And right now I'm, I'm pumped because we're available on all different streaming platforms now. Finally, after like a week of, of going through the turmoil, we're yeah. available everywhere. We're available on Anchor. We're available on Spotify, available on Apple Podcasts, available on other things. Another, yeah. I'm like, oh, there's you, so you know, many you know, podcast you, providers. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize there what? were so many. I, I didn't realize people listen to things besides Spotify or Apple. Apple so <laughs> if you do, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. You can follow us and subscribe us on either whatever platform it is or do whatever sort of thing it is to, to follow people or subscribe. There's so many different buttons now. So just, you know, if you could just hit that, that'd be great. You could get all our content <laughs> without having to follow our posts on all of our social media that we're posting. Out, yeah, out many options to follow us. Many options. And we're all over the, uh, we're all over the Instagrams now and the Facebooks, you know, there's, there's all sorts of stuff. We're trying to create an empire here is it working no. influencers you know influencers gotta make that influencer money yeah <laughs> so we can invest, invest in gamestop right <laughs> i'm done anyway, anyway how's it going down there i know you said it's been uh the weather's been cold it, down there it's it's chilly it's in the well chilly 50s for arizona i'm happy oh, yeah. i'll take super, it and it's raining super, super cold right <laughs> super cold I mean, it's funny. You say that I've got some flannel, flannel pajamas on right now. My slippers on. We got, we're getting about a foot of snow today. So it's good times. Good times. I have sand. You got lots of sand. I got lots of sand here in the desert. So well, aren't you special? (laughs) All right. Well, today's episode, I'm I'm really excited about this. We got a couple of things we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about some new headlines. Uh, We're going to pull some things from the headlines. Then we're going to have a quick discussion. We're going to talk about uh, the new movie that's premiered on HBO Max, The Little Things. And then we're going to round out with episode four of WandaVision. So uh, why don't we just dive right in, right? Let's do this. Go for yeah, it. So uh, first first up, though, I've got uh, some headlines that we're going to do. we got a headline snapshot here. Rather than talk about all the news in depth, let's just go over a couple of quick things. I saw this the other day on Reddit, and it was just the funniest headline saying that No Time to Die has had to do reshoots. Not because you know they're doing all these problems with like, the story doesn't work or anything, but mainly because the product placement is out of date. I think this is the first time I've ever heard this happen before, where the product placement in a movie had to be updated because it's t- totally out of date. Because capitalism. So they're doing reshoots because of capitalism. That is all. That's I mean, everything that's happening. That's so funny. That is so, so funny. I wonder how much money they're actually spending on it too, to do these. I think it's mostly just digital alterations of cell phones. Cause I think Nokia is the, the company that is paying for most of this. Cause they are mm. using phones that came out two years ago. <laughs> so uh, like this a, was a shot, this was shot, what, 2018, 2019, 2019. I think they ended in 2019. It was supposed to be like the new phones that they have. And uh, yeah, so they had to go back in and digitally alter all the phones to make sure that they're updated to be the new phones that are going to be out in October. So <laughs> I thought that's, that was the funniest, the funniest headline about it. That is that that's funny. Well, at least they're not reshooting, or I hope they're not reshooting big scenes and just because no, on, for, for, no, for a phone. I'm sure that it's just that. I mean, unless of course they decide to release a new Aston Martin, which if they want to just 
help me out with that. I'll, I'll, I'll watch video clips of them driving so, those Aston Martins around all day. That's fair. So we were talking about this the other day. And uh, when you let me know, and I asked, cause you're a huge James Bond fan. Oh, absolutely. Huge. James Bond <laughs> like fan. what are they replacing Rolexes? Like, is that the, the watch? And you oh, are like, Oh no, I'm like, there. Oh, he does not, he does not wear a Rolex in the newer movies. He's wearing Omegas or Omegas. You got to get those in there or Omega, uh, but he pronounces it Omega. So I'm going to go with that. Uh, no. So yeah, I know. I trust me. I know the, the up to, I know I know so a lot of the brands. I love it because you're like that's such a niche thing to know. Like, so, <laughs> I mean, I don't know why people would know that, but I wanted to be James Bond at one point. I'm not British, but you know, the other headline that I, I saw that was uh, you know some people might be interested in is um, again with HBO Max putting out some of their content. Uh, Zack Snyder's The Justice League, which is the official title of the movie now. Zack Snyder's The Justice League is now coming out March 18th as one feature film. It was originally slighted as four different episodes. It was going to be like super mm-hmm. duper long, but I guess they finally convinced him to make it one movie. So that's coming out March 18th. Are you excited for that? I mean, it's coming out. I, I'm not a fan of Justice League of what they gave us. So my expectations for this are really low. It's I'd rather walk in with very low expectations, but I mean, I'll see it when it comes out. We'll see. I, as long as there's not another Martha moment, I'm happy. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm excited for it. I mean, I, I like, I, I've, I, for some reason, I still think that DC has some hope. I always go on with the, in these things with hope. I mean, they're not usually good. Like Wonder Woman, we talked, we, we mentioned it before. Not good, but I still always, always have undying hope for these movies. So I'm excited for it. Uh, I'm happy that he's we'll- getting, I'm happy that he's getting to do his vision, so... Yeah, he's finally able to actually complete his vision. And it, it looks a bit more like something he would make than uh, mm-hmm. what we got from the Joss Whedon cut. Uh, and <laughs> maybe we'll get a trailer that's actually in color because if the movie's <laughs> in black and white, then we're in serious problems. Is there anything <laughs> else Anything else in the... Uh, that's funny. Anything well, yeah, two things. Um, this week, um, you know I'm a huge... <laughs> conversation was so funny. Um, you know I'm a huge like awards buff and whatever. And then this week we had... Um, we the entertainment universe lost two people, Cloris Leachman and Cicely Tyson. Um, Academy Award winner Cloris Leachman for the last picture show, um, known for the Mary Tyler Moore show, Malcolm in the Middle. She has the most Emmy wins for any actor at eight. Um, she was a great comedian up there with Lucille Ball, Carol Burnett, Betty White. Um, I just loved her. And Cicely Tyson, a pioneer for black actresses, also. Academy Award um, nominee um, for Sounder and Emmy winner, Tony winner. She kind of like grew again in fame in the last few years um, when she came out in How to Get Away with Murder. I know you never saw that show. No, not my, uh, not my a, a lot of people re- rediscovered her there um, with Viola. Um, so, you know, just a loss for the entertainment world too. Amazing actresses who did a lot for their um, in their respective careers. Um, Cicely Tyson was, like I said, a pioneer for Black women. So... Rest in peace to those wonderful actresses. That's all the headlines, right? We don't have any more right I'm now? good. Yeah. I mean, there, who knows? Something could pop up on my phone during this podcast. So we <laughs> well, we got a notification. Well, this movie will be moved to... <laughs> well, a movie that wasn't moved to another date was The Little Things. It came out this Friday on HBO Max and in theaters at the same time. Uh, I thought this was this was the first movie in the whole year of, of Warner Brothers being released simultaneous releases. Um, I mean, Wonder Woman was a special feature that was like when they originally planned that a, mo- a couple months ago, but the whole year of, of Warner Brothers, this is the first one that comes out. So we're brought here with Denzel Washington's new film, 
uh, the little things. You know, this is a movie that stars uh, Denzel. It's got Rami Malek and Jared Leto and the two uh, and the other two major characters in the movie. Uh, so we have three Academy Award winners uh, starring in this movie. Um, the film's script has been around for like 25 years, apparently. The, uh, the director, John Lee Hancock, is actually the person who wrote it as well. He wrote it back in the 90s, right, right after, uh, like right to go along with like the dark movies of like Silence of the Lambs and a lot of the earlier films of the, the 90s that had this really dark tone to it. And he worked really hard to try to get it made. He, he Originally, Steven Spielberg was connected with it, but then dropped out because he thought it was just too dark and just think about it, I couldn't I couldn't see Steven Spielberg directing this movie that would be really a, a strange turn for I mean now that Spielberg's afraid of dark but you know dark for different reasons uh it was also connected with Clint Eastwood Warren Beatty and uh Danny DeVito but ultimately just fell through the ages until 2019 when he finally decided to put pen to paper and uh get some contracts written out and got people attached first i think first person attached was denzel and once you get denzel washington on board with something who's not going to want to jump in yeah i mean who, who's going to say oh you, you want me to be in a movie with denzel washington nah nah i think i think we can we can pass on that one no you imagine somebody's like, like no we can do better <laughs> what no you you can't do better than denzel there's really i don't know that there's a better working actor than denzel washington so i mean good. I, he's so it, good is there like just a real quick aside, is there a better working actor than Denzel Washington right now? I mean, to be, to me, question. there's there's really there's really no one. I mean, he's on he's on this plane all, all himself. Mm. Does he play the same role sometimes? Yeah, yeah, which is could be, but does he do it better than anybody ever? Yes, he does do it better <laughs> than anybody ever with with he's like great. absolutely flawless. I mean, maybe maybe someone like Meryl Streep or Tom Hanks are you know they're terrific in everything they do, but. I mean, Meryl Streep just makes so many shots now. Like, <laughs> I don't know that we can even count that. You know, her... She can play. She can play anything, and people were like, "Oh, here's an Oscar nomination." Well, 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 the problem is she could play anything, but should she play anything? She should. She should pass on more projects than she takes on. I just want to throw that out there. She hardly does any. She does one or two movies every two years, or every two or three years. What did she do this year? The prom. We'll have to fact check that. <laughs> well you know it's it's queen meryl it's queen yeah, meryl. Uh, i i understand yeah she's she is phenomenal though but like i i still think though that denzel's denzel's on top he's 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 the top right there he he's great he he's one of the few that are great yes yeah. i put him like tom hanks is in that category um Daniel Day Lewis is in that category. Like they're just great. Although Daniel Day Lewis is retired. Well, that's that's unquote. why that's why that's why I was saying working actors because Denzel Washington is not not sorry not Denzel. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis is not working currently. He is not working, so you know he can't be in the top there. We'll see when he comes back. But yeah, I mean, Denzel Denzel is amazing. So I mean, there's some arguments now that we could be made for some other people like Leonardo DiCaprio or. Even Jennifer Lawrence, Brad Pitt, or Mahershala Ali actually has been killing it right now. Like he's just winning awards. Uh, so like there's there's some arguments out there for some 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 other people, but but still, I mean Denzel's got the belt. You can't. Yeah, Denzel's Denzel. I mean you put him you put him in a room, and either the camera is on him or it's on Meryl Streep, but it's mostly on him for his reactions, and he's just <laughs> he's just the man. And again, in the little things, he's great. He takes this role of uh, Detective Joe Deacon who is this sort of tortured detective, a sort of disgraced detective uh, who comes back down to LA after being gone for five years. We don't really know what happened to him 
in the beginning. And then uh, he, he returns and gets sucked back into an old crime that he was ever na- never able to really solve. So, I mean, it, it's the perfect Denzel role. If you're building a Denzel role, I mean, you, you make him a detective, make him tortured, make him driven. And Denzel just walks in there and crushes it. He He's... He's amazing. I do think, like you said, he does play the same characters a couple of times, or I've seen him play this character a couple of times. But if you do it well, you do it well. And I think he kills it. I think he really grounds the movie. I think he really he brings that extra gravitas to a role that could be very cheesy, mm. um, especially when you have somebody like Jared Leto and Rami next to him who in some scenes go really big then so just brings it back so i really enjoy that he just grounds the movie for me yeah i mean i think i think it's actually a little bit unfair to rami malik and jared leto uh because like (laughs) they have to they have to share the screen with denzel washington which is never easy to do i mean yes they've both won academy awards but you still are trying to compete with denzel washington there's there's different different levels of Academy Awards I would almost yeah. say and like you you Denzel's is just he's just you, you can't really compete when you're putting him on stage there and he it's funny because like like Malik is going for it in some scenes Leto's going for it in some scenes mm-hmm. and then Denzel takes him for a walk you know just like walks in and owns the scene uh, I not to not to you know really dump on these other two i mean i think in some parts they're good some parts they they, they totally whiff mm-hmm. but um some parts they're good but denzel just that steady steady stream right through the whole movie well Denzel takes you to the journey and, and i was i was really invested in him um because he just keeps me engaged he takes mm-hmm. me through the journey of the character and i really really enjoy it um uh, yeah and we'll get to, uh, later on i'll mention something else but i think denzel just like always great you don't want to be in a room with Denzel. Like, do you want to be in a like? You imagine I'm auditioning for this movie. Oh, you're gonna act alongside Meryl Streep, Denzel Washington, Daniel Day Lewis. Mm. No, <laughs> I mean, it's, I, it's I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I would be like, yes, please. But then I would get there, and then just like I probably would have a complete silent fit, like where I wouldn't be able to talk <laughs> because I'm like I'm just sitting there. I'm, I'd probably be stuck staring at them and watching them act. That would probably be my mistake. But that's why I'm not an actor, and that's why I'm making this podcast, and I'm, you know, behind a mic, not behind a, a camera. We have other goals in life. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, uh, we got a, we got a little sidetrack with the whole Denzel talk, which is not the end of everything. We'll we'll continue to talk about that. But um, this movie, though, if you haven't if you haven't seen it, certainly check out check it out on HBO Max. Uh, it's on, streaming live on HBO Max right now for free. Uh, for 30 days before it, it, it leaves there or you can you know if it's safe and you're feeling comfortable and you got your vaccine shots i mean you know, i know you got one right you got one i like, got my um, first dose on i got i should be getting my second shot this week so like you know lucky yes. lucky lucky us teachers getting our shots here <laughs> uh but if you if you are feeling safe you can also go see it in theaters you know so that's an option but you know the thing that i, I liked is you know it came out on hbo max um and i was able to see it uh but this this film uh you know, follows, if you, if you don't know the story, it follows two detectives uh, who are trying to solve a case of a serial killer who's going around uh, and murdering people around in Los Angeles. And uh, the two detectives find, sink their teeth into um, the suspect who's played by Jared Leto. And uh, the suspect is super creepy uh, and really compelling. So 
that's the story. I mean, for overall, what did what was what were your impressions of the movie? What were your what were your first impressions after watching it? Um, I enjoyed it. I think it's a it's a fairly well done crime thriller, um, and it keeps you keeps you on the edge of your seat. It makes you think. Um, I don't think it's anything. Special or outstanding. I don't. It's not necessarily a movie that I'll be like, oh, I want to see it again. And it's not. It's not because it's bad, but it's just there. Um, and I do know the only little bit of trivia that I did know about the movie was that the script was done in the '90s. Mm. And it's after just refreshing my memory about knowing that it does feel very '90s. It feels yeah. very crime thrillery '90s. Um, and I know you told me like it had or it, it used like Sons of the Lambs as inspiration and other things. So it does feel very nineties. And I think this movie in the nineties would have been a complete hit because it's so nineties. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so that's my, 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 those were my general thoughts. I think it feels a little dated for me, but again, it was written in the nineties. Um, yeah. And that's not a bad or good thing just for me, just a little bit dated, but I thought it was good. I think it's a good, enjoyable crime thriller. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it is also set in 1990, so it is firmly rooted in the 90s. Literally from the 90s. <laughs> yeah, but I think the funny thing is, like, they could have updated it and made it in 2011, 2013, you know, 2015, yes. 2020, you know, no, not 2020, 2019, maybe, you know, they could have updated it. But, you know, I think it was an interesting choice to root it still in the 90s. Uh, you know, the thing that's kind of interesting about it was the fact that, you know, if you root it in the 90s, you get rid of cell phones which i think is a good thing to do for a lot of things <laughs> these things now like you get rid of cell phones boom movie so much better. it's more compelling when there's no cell phones because i mean some of it could be a lot easier you just you just call someone up on the phone hey did you get oh yeah we found them so it's when, over when you actually movie. had to put in the work yeah i mean the very beginning of the movie this woman is driving down the highway and then she's like and then someone drives up behind her who's presumably the the guy's the, the serial killer right pulls up like drives up behind her and she like freaks out and then like has to like drive away quickly and gets to this a bit this like place and is banging on the window trying yeah. to get in and like oh my god what's going on and now she just be like oh, let me just call the cops from my from my phone share my location or like live stream it problem solved not that big of a deal so yep yeah. and those tropes that you were mentioning that's what makes it feel very 90s like all movies you were driving down the long winding road and there's an empty gas station it's closed you stop there you're gonna get yeah. murdered there so that you can totally tell like the 90s are there for sure oh yeah for sure i mean it did also have some like the feel of some of the 90s films mm -hmm. i mean certainly one thing that people kept considering this uh and like comparing it to was seven you know the the david fincher movie uh and it's again a 90s you know crime thriller very dark um, and people kept comparing it to that. So, I mean, it, it kind of is rooted in the same vein of those types of films. Although I think it was written, I believe it was written before uh, Seven was. So it wasn't the, the remake of Seven. It was kind of written around the same time. Just nobody knew about it. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I certainly enjoyed, I certainly enjoyed the movie. I mean, I know there's a lot of flack it's getting on, on like all the different critics. It's, it's getting a lot of mixed responses. I mean, uh, but I, I certainly enjoyed it. I thought it was just great to see a dark, uh, uh, this, this dark crime noir film um, that had a lot more to think about than I think people give it credit. Uh, people look at some of the performances and, um, you know, specifically the, the Jared Leto performance or uh, the Rami Malek performance. And people were like really torn on that and didn't like it, uh, which kind of left a sour taste in their mouth. But to me, I, I just, I really, I really enjoyed it. I mean, maybe it was just having, 
a really high quality film at home streaming as opposed to like all the stuff Netflix has put out or, you know, just uh, the, the streaming empire that's been like going through everything. You know, I've been seeing yeah. so many streaming films lately and just to see a, a film that was lived in and, and like vicious. I don't know. I, I, I really did enjoy it. Um, yeah, that that's. So what did you think of Jared's performance? So, I mean, Jared Leto's getting a lot of flack because he's playing this crazy wide-eyed over-the-top just random guy playing you know whose name is albert sparma which is just a great name the for sparma. a creepy guy sparma <laughs> you know albert sparma so he's playing this guy who he's, he's looking like he lost weight in his eyes i don't know how you can do that do you have like a weight <laughs> loss program or like a workout so you can lose weight in your, in eye your sockets? eyes because literally he's like he's like devolving back into his eye sockets which i don't understand uh, but you know, if anyone's going to do it, Jared Leto figured out how to do it. Um, and it is, is, I really enjoyed his performance. He's super duper creepy. Okay. Which is what you want from a character who's supposedly a, a serial killer. Um, and I thought there was a lot more to his performance than people give him credit. They're saying he's going over the top. They're saying they want to know what his motivation is. They want to know these things. Could they explain it a little bit more? But he's playing a guy, you know, who's just got, this crazy antisocial personality disorder, you know, something like a, something like like around, I guess, like sociopathy, right? Where he's, he's clearly something is very wrong, and he's yep. got this antisocial issue, and um, you know, he he's playing it so well, really under like when you when you really start to look up, and I don't know if you've ever done it, a lot of studies on people with like uh, anti personality or antisocial personality disorders, but. When you, when you really start to look into it, Jared Leto's playing it to a T. It's not, really? it's really awkward and really uncomfortable and seems fake and over the top. But some of the things that he's doing in this movie, I, I really enjoyed like the, the uncomfortable jokes that he's making throughout the movie, the saying the wrong thing and then immediately apologizing for it or being very polite in really awkward circumstances. Mm -hmm. Those are things that like sometimes, um, when you look at like the symptoms of what some antisocial personality disorders are, you know, such as like sociopathy or even psychopathy, right? Like these things tend to be exactly what you find. And he's, I think he's playing it really, really well. Uh, does he go over the top? I would say, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the interrogation scene, you know, when he's getting interrogated by, by, uh, I didn't tell him and Rami. Yeah. In that scene, does he go, a little bit heavy yeah yeah his 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 eyes do a lot more work i think it's, it's all the, the steroids he's taking in his eyes to get them to lose all the weight <laughs> they're doing a lot of the they're doing a lot of work for the there. eyes yeah they're, they're doing a lot of work there and uh so yeah i mean that scene in itself i mean i i really enjoyed that scene. i had a couple more notes on that but i mean i i loved it i mean what do you think of what do you think of robbie malik's performance i know you're not the biggest fan of robbie malik but <laughs> What do you think of his performance as so, Jimmy Baxter? So I am not a fan of of Rami. I loved him in Mr. Robot. Um, I have it a little bit against him because of Bohemian Rhapsody, but that's another different podcast someday. Um, we'll have that conversation about that movie. Um, I think he is just okay, and I think it's because he's acting next to Denzel and Jared. Even I'm not a I'm 
even I am not a fan of Jared Leto, but I think Jared is way better than Rami. So I think Rami gets lost when acting with those two because I think they are head and shoulders above him. My big issue was that I felt that all three of them were in different movies. Like they were acting in different movies. Like each, like I never saw their performances come together. And I think that this is such a performance heavy movie because Mm. it's all about these three characters that I felt that we needed more just integration for them to work better more. But I felt like each of them was in a different movie. I do like what Jared and Denzel did very much because I think they're total opposites of each other. Mm-hmm. And I think they complement each other really well. But I think Rami, who is trying, Rami's character, who's trying to be in the middle of those two, I don't think it really connects. Yeah, I, I could totally understand that. I mean, Jimmy's not the best character. I mean, he, he's, he's, he's interesting because, like, they try to make him a complicated character. They try, mm-hmm. and like, Rami tries to play him complicated. I mean, He's trying to be a tough guy. His, his introduction is really rough mm-hmm. where he starts to, he yells at Denzel Washington's character for blocking the car in. Yep. So he's, he's yelling at Deacon for blocking his car. And he's like, well, I had some places I, I need, I had somewhere I need to be like, you know, you, I'm not, I don't have time for this crap. And he's like trying to be like all tough and then, and all serious and, and really be this soup, this hotshot detective. Uh, and then immediately, like in the next scene, he's delivering a speech where he's really impassioned. And then, He's confused at the like Deacon being in the room again. And then he decides for some reason, although he's being a hotshot and like he decides to invite Deacon on the trip to go find, to go to the crime scene. Like it was, it was a weird take and I didn't really, I didn't really like that. And it was, and then, and then in the, in the crime scene, he blows up at the, the detect, the police guy who's there, he blows up at him. For, for some like tries to be again like you know you have, we work for the we work for the body over there like mm-hmm. you know you need to do your job and then that's gone all that like toughness is gone like immediately after that scene it's like they started one movie he he's like oh yeah i'm locked in on this character did that scene and then they're like oh we're gonna do some completely Something different completely movie for else. the second yep. half the second third and then the final third is another movie but <laughs> it's, it's exactly it was, yeah his performance wasn't that great i mean I thought he did, he tried to work with what he had. And there are some scenes what I thought worked really well. Um, I thought, you know, some of the the ending I actually liked for him. I did like the ending. Uh, okay. I mean, I don't want to, should we spoil it for people? I mean, if you're listening to this podcast. I mean, if you're listening assuming, to this, yeah. yeah. If, you, if you haven't seen it, stop right now, go watch it and come back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen it then thank you for listening so far into this podcast. I really appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, if you don't want to know how it ends, then stop right now or you know, pause, fast forward to our next conversation, and then you can watch the movie, come back and finish up the rest. Okay. Exactly. But no, I, I liked, I liked him in the end. I thought him playing, you know, hurt was really great after he, you know, accidentally kills a character. Uh, you know, he goes off. I, I think he really, He's, he's tortured about it and he's, he's really starts to drive it. And I think he's trying to put pieces together that aren't there. And I thought mm-hmm. that's what's really, really great. And I thought he did well with that, but I mean, you look at his character and it's a really complicated character. I mean, he's from the Valley. So he's not from this area, uh, like the area where the, these murders are taking place. He lives in this beautiful white house, has this beautiful wife and two adorable children, mm-hmm. the perfect family. So this world that he's, he's operating in, you know, the, the, the crime scene room where this woman is, you know, murdered, you know, bound, 
dragged blood everywhere. That's so different from his real life. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's, that was an interesting sort of wrinkle in there, but I don't think he ever really pulled it off. No, I, I'm yeah. with you. I don't think he's a, he's a close up actor. Um, I don't think he has a range. So there's a lot of shots that we're honing on his honing in on his face. Yeah. And I, and I feel like he doesn't have that yet. Cause I, I don't think he's just at the skill level. to like really sell those close up shots. And I'm like, oh, like it's just a little bit disconnected, especially towards the end. And I agree with you. I think he there are moments that you see the tortured soul play yeah. really well. Yeah. Um, but those scenes by the pool, just towards the end before he opens yeah. the letter with the with the with the beret, yeah. um, it just didn't quite connect. I don't think yeah. he's at that level yet to make me feel what he was trying to convey. I mean, I think, I think the other thing too, is he's trying, like when, when you talked about the close-ups, I'm glad you brought that up because when you see him try to have that, like, you know, the internal, mm -hmm. uh, like unhappiness and stuff, and he tries to wear it on his face and then it cuts. So the problem is it cuts from him trying to act and he, he just, he does well for what he's got. But then the, the biggest problem is it cuts from his face to Denzel. And then Denzel does that smile that he's got that you know that academy award-winning <laughs> smile where he just turns it on and you're like oh, okay yep never mind that's how you do it so this is this is how you try to do it and this is how you do it and like you know you this is this is acting class 101 and this is when you're good and ready with two oscars yeah. under your belt yeah so i mean that that's that's always going to be the problem that happened in this film is like he's always going to run into issues going up against denzel so yeah uh you know i i it was it, yeah. It was, <laughs> that Denzel smile. <laughs> uh, he, oh, it's yeah. That's what. That's Denzel right there. You know. Yeah. That's what gave him. That's what got rid of the Washington part. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no one refers to him as Washington. You know. You yeah. notice no one ever is like, oh yeah, Washington did a really great job. Unless you're writing reviews. I mean, in which case, people don't generally refer to people as the first name. But like, he is Denzel. You know, like he's he's one of the few that's got the one name. You know, and he deserves every single letter of it. Oh, every <laughs> single one. He's so good. So, yeah. um, going back to like just some of the some of the other parts of it. I mean, looking at some of the direction aspects of it. You said you you were talking earlier. I mean, we were talking off camera before about how how some of the shots came together and like, yeah. uh, I really enjoyed some of the direction that came from uh, John Lee Hancock. I really did. I mean, it's really interesting because it came, comes from some other films that he's made. Like he's made stuff like I think he made like The Founder and. Uh, a couple of other films that, that just are so different from this. Um, and he really had an eye for this dark crime, uh, noir, like noir thing. And he really did put together some really, really nice shots. Yeah, he's done. He has a variety of things. He did The Blind Side, the football movie, Sandra Bullock, um, Snow White. <laughs> Even Snow White and The Huntsman, the first one, the Kristen Stewart. Uh, right, that's the one that Kristen Stewart? Snow White yeah, that's the Kristen Stewart one, yeah. Yeah. Mm, that one um i think there are beautiful shots in this movie i mm. like I, I like i'm a fan of moody movies and, and dark pieces and the cinematography of this reminded me a lot of like nocturnal animals and that kind of just dark um noir thrillers and i think the shots here complement that very well i love the shots when they're towards at the end when they're in that area before he kills them um the shots all the driving shots are so pretty. And yeah. I think it does. I just, I wish 
<laughs> Sorry to go back to the acting, but I wish the acting was at the level of the visual sometimes because yeah. the visual, visually the movie does a very good job at trying to put me in the mood and in the setting of the piece. And mm. I wish just the acting was just right there with it. But I think the movie was very well directed. There were nice, interesting choices that I really enjoyed. Yeah, I mean, I thought there were some there were some choices that were great. I mean, speaking of noirish, like when you talk about like these like dark shots and stuff, I loved the use of flashlights. I mean, there was a really interesting. Mm-hmm. There were a couple scenes when you see flashlights in windows, and they really hark back to this this different type of well, film from like the past, like these these this film noir with these really interesting contrasts there. Um, I like that you see there. There's I noticed it uh, about halfway through is when I really picked up on this, but there is a lot of shots that are shot through windows. There's a lot of shots through windows. There's a lot of shots that are framed. There's reflections a lot of times. Uh, there's a lot of, there's some symmetry. There's, there's some really good stuff, especially the interrogation scene, some of the reflections and things like mm-hmm. that. There's some really, really good things that are reflecting and people looking back at themselves. And I thought that was really purposeful. And we're seeing this through framed visions. We're seeing mm-hmm. this through different people's perspectives. And I thought the direction was, I thought the direction was pretty good. I mean, despite the fact that, you know, part of the director's job is to get the best out of the actors and didn't do so well with Malik. But I mean, I think, I think overall there were some really, really good, you know, director stuff going on there. Yeah. I think very good. I love the, the interrogation scene is my favorite scene of the movie. I think it was framed so well hmm. and the tension that we got, I loved it. I really enjoyed the way it was shot. Yeah. I mean, I had some, I had some notes on that scene a little bit. Cause like there was, there was an interesting point in that, in that scene. I mean, this is one of the things when, when people talk about the movie, a lot of people are like, like I said before, not liking Jared Leto's performance, but that scene is great for him because what, what it shows is I was talking about this before uh, where he is a, he, he's definitely twisted. And what he gets off on is messing with the police. Like that's kind of one of his things, Right. So like they talked about it in the movie, he committed, he had admitted and confessed to a crime to the detail, to the letter eight years prior to this movie. Then uh, they got him. He was uh, acquitted because he was nowhere near the crime. Didn't actually commit it, but he got everybody's hopes up, got everybody excited. Didn't commit the crime, committed it to like, so he loves messing with the police in this movie, right? He starts messing with the, uh, you know, he, when he's getting arrested, he's ready to go. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they come to the door to get him out, to like bring him to the station. He's like, well, just let him change. You know, Denzel's getting them all like, you know, warmed up. Okay, so we're going to let him change. We'll get him, you know, we'll, we'll be a little freaked out, whatever. But they get to the door and they're about ready to knock and like, you know, bust in there and get him. But he opens the door and he said, all right, I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. And and like comes comes with them. And, you know, he's, he's known as a misleading, uh, unreliable uh suspect you know that was one of the things that they told him he's like he's unreliable and then he gets to the interrogation scene and in that scene you could see how excited he is to be interrogated by the police he's so excited he's like right when they start uh baxter jimmy goes uh you know you could just tell us the truth and you know we'll help you out and he goes what you're not going to work me over He's disappointed. He's not going to get like the whole, ex- the whole treatment. The, the entire experience of it. He, yep. want, he, he wants to take home the, the waiver card. He's like, can I take this home? Like he's so excited about it. He's so excited to be interrogated. And he's disappointed when it, his, and he makes these really awkward jokes. Like mm-hmm. I plead the fifth. And then he's like, which really to see how they're reacting. Yeah. Then he wants to try to get them upset. So he does these things. And I think that 
I just think it's 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 a really really excellent scene, and he he does get, uh, you know, Deacon comes in there, he gets Deacon to snap, mm-hmm. and he's just like, haha, you snapped, I didn't, I did and it. like he's so good. I I thought I thought that scene was was really really. It's well definitely done. his best scene, and when you break it down like that, yeah, he's really good in it, really good in it. Yeah. And, and that's I mean, a, that's why I said I I think he and Denzel just complement their characters complement themselves so well because yeah. you have the low key suffering cop versus like the in your face crazy guy, um, yeah. and I wish they had more stuff to do together. I think yeah. both of those characters complement each other really well. I mean, I think you can you can definitely point to like some of the overacting that he does. I mean, again, his eyes are doing way too much work in this movie. Uh, <laughs> his the eyes other are thing still is- losing weight. I mean, the other thing is the walk that he's got. He just, I don't know how long he worked on this walk in like, you know, character treatment, but like he, he got this walk going on. That's like, like the most, I don't even know what. Yeah. <laughs> the bad part is this is an audio podcast. So like, we can't show you what the walk is, but like, check it out again. His walk is like out of control. And also, I don't know what they did with his hair and like makeup. They just like kind of let him, I think they just like, they planned, <laughs> they planned on him being in quarantine. And like this was like pulling some people out of the quarantine process, and then they were like, "Here you go, just be in a movie." So like, it was really, really an interesting choice. But you know, it worked. It worked really well. Anyway, uh, one one other thing I wanted to talk about in terms of casting, which I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you picked up on this, but there were two casting choices that I thought were just like really random and <laughs> kind of took me out of the movie for half a second. Number one was uh, his his assistant. Uh, the Robbie Mal- Baxter's uh, um, second, his, his uh, partner, uh, who's Detective Jamie Estrada, who's played by Natalie Morales. If you don't oh, know yeah. who Natalie Morales is, that's Tom's girlfriend from Parks and Rec. I'm wrecked, and I saw yeah. it, I'm like, why is Tom's girlfriend in this movie? And then at the <laughs> very end, the very end, right? This was again, because I, I, I love Parks and Rec, but at the very end, they had the FBI agent come in. The FBI agent was the senator from Parks and Rec as well. I don't know. <laughs> that one I didn't pick up on. Yeah, he's the robotic senator from the end of oh, Parks and Rec. Oh, that one I did not pick up. I'm going to go back and see that scene. Oh, man. It's, it, it, I was like, wait a minute. Why is the senator giving a that. briefing there? Yeah, it was, oh, it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was so random. And I was like, this is, that, it took me, that took me out of the movie. That took you out. Second. You're like, wait, wait. Wrong show, people. I did not pick up on that. I'm going to go back and see. Any other thoughts about the movie right now? I, mean, I have a question for you. Yeah. What if you were to to make a change in this movie for it to like make it tighter? What would it be? Like what what would you change about this movie just to make it a little bit more cohesive or tighter? It could be either casting choices, um, story elements to it. I probably I cast. I was. I was thinking. I was thinking about this, and I was. I was thinking. Uh, I was thinking about this the other day, and when I when I watched it, and I thought that if Ryan Gosling played Rami Malek character, a lot better. Of course, I'm a huge fan of Ryan Gosling, uh, but I really thought you know, Ryan Gosling in that character could have been could have been something else. Yeah. I thought about doing. I thought about if Jake Gyllenhaal played that character, but Jake Gyllenhaal it just needs to stop making very dark movies. I, I'm worried about him. Yeah, he, uh, so he needs to make. He, he needs to, you know, he, he needs to be in a happier movie. He needs to be in musicals and other stuff because, yeah, yeah. But I, that uh, that would that be my choice. I mean, what what did you what do you think? What do you, what would be what would you change to make it a little bit to to add that to make some cohesion? I guess I would have. 
I would have taken Mario Rami uh, Rami Malik's character out of the movie. I would have taken that character out and would have um and left Denzel's and Jared's um, characters just combine more and a, a more kind of like cat and mouse kind of story. That's I would do a more cat and mouse story between those two. Um, I think those that would be my biggest change to it. To me, that would be the prequel. You know, like that's the that's the well, that's the that's what happened the first time he did the case. You know, mm-hmm. that that would be like if he just never had a mental breakdown. But you Rami, know. yeah, Rami's character is the one that I would be like, yeah, he I, gets he, yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. That makes I would sense. not. Yeah, I think the movie wouldn't suffer if he's not there. That's yeah. That, that's a uh, that's about right. <laughs> so yeah. last last question, last question about the movie. Do you think Jared Leto did it? No. No, not at all. Me? No, all. he didn't. He didn't. I don't think he. I don't think he killed him. Nope. I think either. I. I think he was doing it all to mess with him. Yep. I think he and, is just reading and reading and reading and yep. I think there's there's some parts in there that are, are really good, and this is where this is where the the movie sort of I, I like some of these little details in here. Uh, they they start referencing the fact that like we don't know we don't know who did it and like you can't prove it and then Malik's character gets obsessed like I got my guy I found the guy who's super duper creepy there's no doubt that Jared that Jared Leto's character Al- oh absolutely Pharma is, is is super creepy okay yeah. there's no doubt that like this guy could have done this uh, but did he do it there's no proof you know and what I like is a lot of things are pointing to him but not enough. Mm-hmm. And this, this goes back to about, about the hour mark in the movie. I think it's an hour six in. Uh, you get this scene, this little tiny throwaway scene where, the, where, where uh, Jimmy's, Jimmy's going to the, the, the forensics guys, trying to get the fingerprints and say, so we, we got a fingerprint. Can you give us, how, what's the match look like? And he's like, well, we have 11 out of 18 identifiers. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you need 12 in order to actually have the, the department requires 12 to convict someone to convict someone. Yep. And you don't have it. And he's like, what do you mean? I don't have it. And like, that's only one way, one away from actually being true. And so, and, and the thing, and he, and he like, it's really frustrated and snaps at the snaps at the guy actually grabs his shirt and like drags him something. Yeah, then the guy uses himself as an example, right? Because he has eight identifiers. Yeah. He's got eight out of eight out of 12. Mm. And, and like, it's one of these things that says, well, we don't know. We, you don't, you have, and it, it's a sort of parallel that plays out in the movie. He only has 11 out of 12 of the identifiers for the killer. And we can't convict on, you know, 11 out of 12. 11. Yep. You know, we can't convict at 11. Even, even before that too, you see, there's the other scene with the witness, right? The witness who was the, the woman from the beginning who was the, chased. Who survived was, at the beginning. Yep. Yes. They ask her like, could you identify her? If you, the, identify him, if you see him, she says, Maybe, probably not. Mm-hmm. And then he shows them the, the pictures. She sees the guy who's already in the who she saw earlier that day the, so in the like, elevator. Yep. So she's probably like, "Oh, you know, maybe this is the person because I just saw him here." Yeah. So she she points to it, which gives him more ideas of saying, "This is the guy." Exactly. Uh, but no, I don't think he did. Yeah. So th- that's I think those points from the script are really smart. Yeah. And the way they play around with those, but I don't, yeah, I'm with you. He didn't do it. I think he just yeah. knew a lot about everything. He knows, like you said, he likes messing with the police. I think he wants the attention. So he, like he did however many years ago, 
he said, I did this, but no, I didn't. I just have read every single news clipping and I know every single detail. He's a self-described crime buff. Mm -hmm. You know, says it right there in the movie. He says, I'm a a huge crime buff. I love crimes. But then I don't think he did it. Also, the guy in the beginning of the movie, the guy in the beginning of the movie doesn't have long hair. He's not, he doesn't have that walk either. He doesn't have that, that bizarre, <laughs> crazy walk that, you know, that Sparm is doing throughout the whole movie. And uh, that walk. Yeah, he, he also is wearing glasses. So like that, that could also, mm. I don't know, that's necessarily you know, the best. Also, the cars aren't the same. He's not, They're not the same, the same at all. not driving the same car. So I don't think he did it. So who knows? This guy who's just going out there murdering people, still murdering still people. He's still out there. Let's still kill people. Yeah, so... I, mean, I like that. I actually like that. It we didn't get an answer about the crimes. Yeah, I think it, that was fitting. You know, even I mean, the ending. I know a lot of people are disappointed with the ending. You know, they didn't like the ending. Uh, how how did you feel about the ending? I I I enjoyed it, but I I I think it's fine. I think it's fine. I think I like when he gets the beret yeah. um, towards the end. I like that. Then so giving him peace even though yeah. we know it's not real peace it's not the reality like he wasn't the one who killed her or they don't know at least the movie's inconclusive yeah he's trying to save him yeah. but he's like hey send her so he sent him that beret to make him think like it was him everything's fine what you did wasn't to a good guy he was a bad guy yeah um so i think that's cool but at the same and then i'm like oh cops covering for each other over and over yeah I mean, the other thing that was interesting too, when you when you look at it too, he gives him this inner peace, right? He delivers him this like he says, you know, little no no angels, you know, like you'll mm-hmm. be fine. But then ultimately, this guy's still out there. He's gonna kill someone else eventually. When that happens, then Alex will be like, "Oh my god, I'm not at peace anymore. <laughs> I killed this guy for no reason." <laughs> like it's gonna, he's gonna <laughs> break right right back into it. So he's gonna sit by the pool, stare at the water again. The last yeah. 20 minutes of the movie that'll be the little things part two no we don't need the a second sli- part the slightly bigger things this... <laughs> i quit i'm done but i the, the other the last note on this movie uh the title has led to the easiest way to criticize this movie all the critics have used the little things to criticize the movie by saying like it's the little things that they got wrong it's the little things that you know it's so it's so easy to do so uh, if you're making a movie, try to have it so you can use it in your criticism the entire time. Just to just as like a general free marketing. Rule. Yeah, <laughs> free marketing. There you go. Why not? Uh, <laughs> but yeah. So, do you recommend little things? I would definitely recommend. I definitely say watch it. I I enjoyed it. I mean, yeah. if you got some time and you want to be in a dark place for a little while, definitely yeah. check it out on HBO Same. Max right now. Same. Yep. It's on HBO Max. It's a nice crime thriller. Um, very, you know, on your keeping on your toes kind of thing. So go watch it. I definitely enjoyed it. It was fun. So next up, our last topic today, we're going to have a conversation real quick about episode four of WandaVision. Uh, so we've been, we've been talking, we talked about the first couple episodes last week. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about episode four. Each week, we'll probably end the, the end our episodes by talking about well, a little bit of the episode of the week of WandaVision. And this week was totally different i mean we had the first three episodes talking about sitcoms and like people i I was listening to all these people talk about it and they're like you know i can't get into it i can't really focus on these different sitcoms and for me i mean we talked about it last week we love it 
So this week we get a completely different episode and it's aptly called We Interrupt This Program because it brings us out of this whole sitcom world that we've been living in with Wanda and Vision running around in these classic 50s, 60s, and 70s sitcoms and brings us right back into the MCU. This is what everybody's familiar with. This is what everybody's been waiting to see. And here it is. We're back in the quote-unquote MCU. Uh, and I mean, it was it was it was sort of a breath of fresh air. I I missed it. I missed it. I don't know about you, but I I missed being in the MCU. <laughs> you're happy that we're back. Yeah. You're like you're like it still exists. I thought it was a great episode. It was so good. Um, I've seen people criticize. Oh, like why not more sitcoms or like this weird stuff. I assure you that if they would have done four or five episodes of sitcoms, people would be like, enough with this. And people, and now they took this break and people are still like, you're always going to have people complaining. But I thought it was great. I thought it grounded us as a viewer where we are. Like you said, it brings it back to reality. Um, this is right after, obviously, now we know that this is right after Endgame. Yeah, the blip, uh, the blip ends. The, and yeah. we actually see the blip, people coming back from the blip, which is... We oh my god cool we've had conversations we had we've had conversations with about this before like uh you know over the past two years but the blip coming back from the blip horrific situation to come back mm-hmm. from by the way okay like uh, we have uh, the, for our first character coming back you know the first person we see coming back is you know Monica Rambeau who we're also it's, it's supposedly like a big reveal but it's really exciting she's uh um. Captain, if you remember back in Captain Marvel, the movie, that's the little girl uh, of her friend. It's that's her, it's her daughter. Uh, well, she's she's grown up now, and she's coming back from the blip. She's like wakes up in this hospital, and we see her come back together. And at first, I was a little confused of what's going on, and then I realized, oh, very quickly, oh, she's coming back from you know turning to dust <laughs> from the snap, and it's just chaos. Obviously, she's running into people. Uh, there's people are coming back from the blip, you know, and running into them, and it's just all sorts of chaos. Um, and this is the, we, we've mentioned this before, this is the best case scenario for people coming from, back from the blip. This is by far not the worst case. You know, we've had <laughs> thoughts about this. Like what if, you know, what if you were doing other things like, you know, flying in an airplane and you come back, you know, do you wake up in the airplane or do you wake up where you, where you were? <laughs> no. What if you were, what if you were swimming? You know, you're you're out there, you're swimming, or you're on a you're global on a... warming. There's you, the lake is no longer there. Where do you end up? Or or what? What if what if you were out? You know, you jumped off a boat. You know, you're just like swimming out in the ocean with your friends on their yacht, and then all of a sudden you're in the water. Blip, yacht's gone. You wake up. You're in the middle of the ocean now by yourself with a couple <laughs> friends. This is a really awkward situation to be in. You know, what like time? so. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but but. Uh, <laughs> The ramifications of the blip are uh, that's a that's a whole conversation. It's chaos. I, it's oh, chaos. It's pure absolutely. chaos, and I love that we saw some of it. And she's like, "Where's my mom? Where's my mom? Oh, your mom died, like, yeah, three years yeah. ago, which was two years after you died." Yeah. Oh, the, it was it was it was really interesting to see that, and they're they're mm-hmm. trying to bring some more rationality to it. And like, it's funny because like Spider Man tried to do it really well, but. Spider-Man did it funny and like there's so many more ramifications from the blip mm. but but you know we can I, I guess we can just yada yada that away but anyway she she we, we fast forward to a couple weeks later and she's at she's at now sword which uh is the big thing that's that's sort of like one of the bigger reveals 
that it's actually it is actually sword the program mm-hmm. that her mother yes. helped to start and found and uh, you know and she's put right back into uh into into a situation going on she's grounded because she's not going to space which was like her 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 thing her you know her missions were all to space mm-hmm. but she's grounded now and gets sent out to westfield which apparently doesn't exist doesn't exist yeah and then that's that's where we meet up with uh uh we meet up with jimmy woo from the fbi you might remember him from ant-man and the wasp you know played by randall park uh but jimmy woo's there so we're having fun (laughs) we get to meet him again so we're bringing some characters back which is like super fun and then coming out there we cut to you know a a truck with four scientists in it and who's who's one of the scientists but dr darcy lewis loved it and my favorite my favorite part is that she's now a doctor. It's been yep. it's been ten, maybe more years since uh, Thor. Thor. So she's back, and she's in the mo- she's in the series now. And like, it was just really fun. It was it a was fun. Episode. And she and um, Jamie and Darcy have great chemistry together. It oh, was they were so much fun to watch. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, Kat Dennings is is, is really good at this like really dry humor. It's like really, really dry humor. And she's, she's just perfected and just kept blowing it out. They're like, where's my coffee? Can I get my coffee now? Like, so I'm going to, am I going to get a coffee anytime soon? Like, uh, hello, I'm here. I'm doing all this like astrophysics stuff, but yeah, I'm a chemist. No one cares. <laughs> she was great. She, it was she's great. so good. So she's good. Char- she, she's one of the characters that we didn't know we wanted back. Yep. And, and we I'm, got her back. Yeah, I'm happy that she's in it. I thought it was, it's, I just want to see where they're going. And I love, people were like, oh, but it was too short. And then the ending, we don't get to see a lot or we're not told a lot. That's a lot of information. This is like, she knows it's Wanda now. And she's going to let everybody know Wanda's the one who's doing this. Yeah. So it, I mean, it, they start, they start identifying, goes. they start identifying all the different people in the village, bring yep. out their IDs. I think there's going to be an interesting moment when they can't ID some of the people that are in this series. You know, I think that'll be like a really interesting thing, seeing some of the uh, some of the uh, the different props going in and seeing flashbacks from all the different uh, sitcoms. Them sitting there watching the sitcoms was kind of funny. Them sitting there with popcorn or or (laughs) chips. It was they were eating chips watching the sitcoms was a was a funny funny bit. Uh, And I, you know, it it propels the, the story forward. Well, and I think, again, Marvel does plan really well. Because if you see when Darcy's watching them, watching, like, she's the one watching the sitcom, when she pulls back and is writing on the note, that shot is from the first episode. Mm -hmm. We saw somebody watching them, and it was them. So I like, again, this is what happens when you have somebody, a bigger picture on what's going to happen with all these stories, all these TV shows, and all these movies. They are tying it really well. And it just works. It just is working so far it's working really well yeah and this is the first time we start to see uh some of the edits when they when they go into uh when they go into this this void into westfield which again doesn't exist it's only eastfield uh but when they go in there you start to see uh you know you see wanda start to fall apart a little bit yeah you see her you see her kicking monica rambeau out of the out of her world you see uh her have see vision as vision really is mm-hmm. you know dead not blipped dead dead 
Yeah. Uh, and it was just, it, it was really fun. I mean, it starts to bring in some other aspects, you know, really solidifying that sword is behind all of this and admitting to that, um, bringing out some other ideas of cosmic energy, mm-hmm. which was interesting. That was the, that was what, uh, Darcy's really talked. Sorry, Dr. Darcy, Doctor. She, she, she made sure to Doctor. correct it. When you get your PhD, that's why you get to be called doctor. I'm not, I mean, that, you, you've got one of those, don't you? Okay, let's keep talking about WandaVision. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Dr. Darcy has got, she, she's got, she, she's able to identify this cosmic energy that's been found with the Big Bang. So like there's all this extra levels and stuff, like things that haven't been seen since the Big Bang and like different uh, waves that are coming out and she's able to find this broadcast. I mean, it was, it was a really, really interesting episode that brought a lot of things to forward and and really starts to reveal like what's what's the tension here what's the vi- who's the villain what's going on and, and where I are we going I, next yeah. and where are we going because i'm really really interested in seeing how this ties up because i know she's wanda is going to be in dr strange too so i mm. do wonder how all of this is going to tie in is it yeah. at all um this is right be- this is right after endgame before spider-man i believe so it's going to be really interesting to see how this keeps tying up but it was yeah. so good. It's so good. And Elizabeth Olsen, she is so good. Yeah. Oh, she's definitely crushing it. She's she's, she's so good. Still crushing, even though she had a much smaller part this episode. Like definitely still still crushing it. Anything else you wanted to mention there? I'm good. Keep watching WandaVision because it's really good. Yeah, definitely. We'll we'll really talk good. about we'll talk about that again next week. Um, this week though, coming out, I think what Wednesday, Wednesday coming out are the Golden Globe nominations. Our first round of awards talk is going to be coming out next week. So we'll, we'll talk about those nominations, uh, coming out next week in our podcast on, on next, next, next Tuesday, but, uh, and, and also episode five of WandaVision. So we'll be talking about that stuff next week. So please be sure to check those out. You know, certainly check out the, um, the Golden Globes noms that come out on Wednesday. We'll be talking about those, discussing those at length. And um, be sure to follow us and subscribe us on, to stop, subscribe to us on, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on Anchor, if you use Anchor, uh, you know, whatever you do. Make sure to uh, follow us on Instagram and on Facebook. They could find, you could find me at Letterbox, on Letterbox at Steve underscore Packnick. And you can find Gabe, where can we find you? You can find me on all social media as Gabucho Graham. <laughs> every time I say it, I love your face. Every time I say it, I'm like, yes. Yeah, well, thanks. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week.